Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hello, love, and welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today's solo jam is a cure for comparisonitis. Do you sometimes measure your self-worth by external metrics? Do you compare yourself to past you? Do you set goals based on other people's expectations? Do you sometimes feel like you're in a race with other people? Do you often check what your friends, peers, and colleagues are up to on social media? Do you often feel like you're not living up to other people's or your own expectations? And, or do you overanalyze things? If you answered yes to one or several of these questions, you've definitely wandered the path of comparisonitis at some point. My goal today is to bring a little more awareness around comparisonitis and share some tips that I've used to snap myself out of it. First of all, comparing ourselves to others is not an inherently bad thing. It's actually an important characteristic of human social life. It's normal and natural for us to look to other people for information and understanding. I mean, think about it. When you were a little kid, where'd you look around to? Your teachers, your parents, your siblings, and you're just trying to cultivate this sense of understanding with the information from your external world, process it all, make sense of it all, and do something really wonderful with it all. And as long as we stay in a curious growth centered state, it can be helpful and sometimes healing to get to know ourselves better as we learn more from others around us. However, comparison turns toxic when we start to attribute meaning to the differences that we observe. Renee Brown describes her experience in her book, Atlas of the Heart. She says, I quote, swimming is the trifecta for me exercise, meditation, and alone time. When I'm swimming laps, you can't call me or talk to me. It's just me and that black strip. The only thing that can ruin my swim is when I shift my attention from my lane into what's happening in the lanes next to me. When I go into comparison, I completely lose the meditation and alone time that I need. Then she goes on to share that comparison is actually not an emotion, but it drives all sorts of big emotions, big feelings that can affect our relationships and our self-worth. And most of the time, we don't even know that we're doing it. Brene Brown defines comparison as the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It's basically trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. Comparison says, be like everyone else, but better. And when we get, we can actually get to shift the narrative of this cycle into be yourself and respect others for being authentic as well. Now, according to the dictionary, 
according to Webster, comparisonitis is the compulsion to compare our accomplishments to another's to determine relative importance, right? So we're looking around trying to see how our experiences are relative to those of, an, of other people. In other words, when we're gazing about and start questioning and doubting our worthiness, significance, and beyond, now we're choosing to jeopardize our own well-being. From this state, from this place, it becomes difficult to see our purpose, to use our gifts, and to create necessary contributions to this world. That's why we're all unique. That's why we take in the information, but we get to create whatever creates meaning for us. In fact, comparison hits hard because the emotions that it brings forward in our systems is fear, anger, sometimes shame, and even sadness. Okay, so take that in for one moment. This part is really, really important. So I'm going to repeat what I just said. Comparison hits hard because the emotions it brings forward in our system can be fear, anger, shame, and even sadness. So we humans allow our brains to operate on overtime so frequently that it's become socially acceptable to live in a constant state of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety. We've made this our go-to, our default mode. And we choose hundreds of poor, unhealthy coping strategies to try and avoid things like fear, anger, shame, and sadness. We do, we self-sabotage and we self-soothe using an overconsumption method, overconsumption of food, alcohol, work, TV, social media, even exercise. The list goes on and on and on. Anything, anything to distract ourselves from having to come close to feeling those uncomfortable emotions of fear, anger, shame, and sadness. But we're overlooking something. Comparison. We unconsciously look around at what others are doing and then wonder why we suddenly feel fear, anger, shame, and sadness. And it's because comparison is sneaky like that. It seeps into our poor coping strategies through social media, the news, or even simply hearing your coworkers chit chat about their lives over happy hour, or even at the water cooler or in the lunchroom. We hear something or see something and without even knowing or intentionally trying to do anything about it, we begin to wander into self-ranking mode. How do I compare to what they're sharing? And that's another key component, what they are sharing. What you see, what you hear in a moment from someone else isn't the entire story or situation. You may think that you want their life or their job, etc., but what hasn't been shared is everything else that revolves around what comes with it. Everything else that maybe they've given up or put in to have what they see in front of that. 
When we compare, it's more likely we respond to others with jealousy, envy, and even resentment. If comparison creates feelings we aren't too fond of, then it gets to be a choice to get intentional about how it shows up in your life, choose to meet it, choose to see it, choose to greet it, and then respond to it in a different way than we've been doing. Even if we don't choose whether or not to make it a comparison, we can choose whether or not to let that comparison affect our mood and self-perceptions. It's really dangerous when toxic comparison encourages us to quote unquote, borrow the identity, the gifts, the voice, and or other characteristics of someone else. Essentially taking action from a place of comparison is kind of like identity, identity theft. Think about it in that way. I mean, really, you know, those scammers who are out there spending hours trying to figure out who someone is so they can benefit from someone else's property. Well, that's us. That's what we're doing when we poke around on social media, when we spend hours obsessing over your coworkers, hair, outfits, social life, vacation, selfies, or maybe even their relationships. We get the false sense of hope that if we can just be exactly how they are or imitate or pretend that we value or like and hold the same interests or, or go about life with the same energy that someone else is, that our desires will just drop right in. The truth is, the more that we obsess over being like someone else, the more we're actually rejecting who we are. Write that down. Keep that one close. The truth is, the more we obsess over being like someone else, or pretending to be someone else, the more we are rejecting who we truly are. It's ironic because one of the biggest fears that humans have is rejection. We'll do nearly anything and everything to avoid rejection at all costs. And yet every time we drop into comparison mode, what's happening at our core level is self rejection. We're literally telling our soul, you aren't good enough. You aren't worthy enough. You're not great enough unless you do this and do that and be like this and be like that. So question for you, do you like being lied to? Of course not. It's a breach of trust. It's a poison to our souls. So remember, Borrowing someone else's authenticity, interest, voice, or values is creating a fake version of you. It's lying. And I don't know about you, but I can smell a fake and a phony version of people from a mile away. You can feel it in the energy when someone's speaking or even moving about life when someone isn't being who they truly are. And all we crave is that truth and connectedness to others. So what can we do? The goal is to raise our awareness about how and why comparison pops up so that we can name it, we can see it, we can think about it, and we can make new choices in our relationship to comparisonitis that reflect our values and our heart rather than taking action 
from someone else's borrowed beliefs and beingness, or sometimes rather than taking action from our own hurt. When comparison strikes, it's important to note that the body is making a request. That's all it is. That's all it is with so many of the things that we talk about on this podcast. It's simply going, hold on, my body's making a request here. And if we can create awareness around the times when comparisonitis pops up, we're halfway to healing it. According to social comparison theory, theory, there are two main kinds of social comparison. There is upward comparison, which is when we compare ourselves with others who we perceive are better than us in some way, right? So we're looking, looking for looking up to somebody. We're we're looking at somebody and going, well, they're way better than us. And we're comparing ourselves, putting ourselves on a lower level. The other way is downward comparison. That's when we compare ourselves to others who we perceive as being worse off than us, which can often make us feel better about our own situation. Now, the important thing to notice when either kind has surfaced is the soul inside of us is asking for a little TLC, a little tender love and care, because we're either trying to make ourselves better than better than we think we are, or, or we're trying to um, compare ourselves to bring ourselves to someone else's level. We're not giving ourselves enough credit for where we are. Remember how I said the comparison is a rejection of some part of you? Well, the good news is that we can cure it through acceptance. Write this down. Consume more of you and create your own view. Consume more of you, more time with you, more understanding of you, more uncovering and discovering of you to create your own view. But when we troll and scroll on social media through the societal pressures to try to keep up and be like other people, that's when we start consuming outside of ourselves. And the view becomes what other people are doing and what other people are thinking and becomes less about you and your own story and your own journey and your own gifts and your own authenticity. So if we shift our attention from what they are doing and spend more time leaning into what you desire, what we focus on expands. You can't create what's meant for you when you're using someone else's glasses. All right. Think about, think about the a prescription at the optometrist. If you go in and you're like, well, um, that person that I've been following has a prescription of 1.25. So can you just give me the same glasses as, the, as them? Well, if your prescription is a 0.75 or a 2.75, not a 1.25, and you put those glasses on, Life doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel that it's the same. The energy, the perspective, you can't create what's meant for you when you're using someone else's eyeglasses. There's a really cool book that I've read called Comparisonitis, and it's by Melissa Ambrosini. She describes a beautiful process called ACES, A-C-E-S. When you feel comparison coming on into play, you can use the ACES process to start moving through. So I'm going to unravel that for you right here. ACEs is a awareness, become aware of when and why, and what you're comparing yourself to 
The C is choose again. This is one of my favorite phrases that I use with my clients all the time, no matter what you're being faced with. When you notice that you're off a little bit, be witness, become aware of what you're doing, and then choose again. Choose again in that moment. Choose again in that day. What do you want to feel instead? Choose that or choose to look in the direction or move in the direction of that. E is eliminate the trigger or what she says is exit the situation or exhale, maybe even exhale the situation. Give yourself permission to release that which is not yours, that which is not you. And the S is shift your state. I love this one because it's actually taking action to move from that headiness state into a more authentic, truthful version of you. And we can do this by taking action with your energy, getting up and moving, dancing, jumping, listening to upbeat music or whatever activity lifts your spirits or whatever activity, quite frankly, moves you into the position that you want to feel that bliss, that high, or that peacefulness, that centeredness. So ACEs again is awareness, choose again, eliminate the trigger or exit the situation and shift your state. So now I'm just going to share a couple of my go-to cures for comparison. And I encourage you as you begin to notice things in your own life to create your own cures for comparison, unique to you, what works for you. And you may have to try on several different things. You may have to meet your comparison one day in one way, and maybe it doesn't do much of anything. So you try something else and you try something else and you try something else. This, what I call being a student of life is all about allowing yourself to live in a state of curiosity and growth where when something doesn't work, you don't have to be frustrated for far too long. You can just choose a different option to try on for size to see what works. That's what we do with little kids too, right? So here's what I love to do. My go-to cure for comparison is asking curious questions. So I'm going to give you a couple of options if you want to try them on for size, but curious questions is one of my top go-tos. Remember that it's just a signal from the body that something needs attention. Something is asking for change. And when we notice comparison happening, it's actually a major opportunity for growth. Woohoo! If we use curious questions, we can shift into an empowered state to start reclaiming our sense of self. So here's the questions that I like to use. What is it I'm seeing that's exciting me? And saying to myself, oh yeah, this person is reminding me of what's possible for me. And my soul is asking me to start taking action for what I desire. There's something in them that is sparking something in me that I'm like really curious about, really excited about. The second part of that is why do I value what they're showing me? And is it actually something I value? Get honest with yourself. Maybe you're just seeing it, but you haven't really thought it through much. Haven't really felt into if that's actually aligned for you or if it's just something that's meant for them. Next question. If I truly value that option, what would I have to change in order to start incorporating that into my own life? And am I willing to create those changes? If I am willing, what's my next best step to lean into that direction? Because a lot of times we see things, but again, we don't take into account what it's going to take, if it's in, in line with us, 
And if we're actually willing to maybe give up or change life or do life in a different way to actually make that thing surface. Next up, if it's not something that I actually value and maybe I just envy what they have, that's okay. What is it that I'm trying to feel? What is it that I'm trying to feel? What is it that I see that they have that I think it's going to allow me to feel inside of myself? Because nine times out of 10, it's not actually the thing that you're seeing them being or having or it's experiencing. It's what you think you're going to feel if you do be, have that thing or experience. So if it's not that actual thing, how can I create the feeling in my life right now in a way that works for me and serves me? You might need to sit with a lot of these questions, but if you're willing to do the work and answer the curious questions, you may be able to cure your comparisonitis. Here's one I borrowed from the comparisonitis book, but it does work for me. Write a list of 50 things that you're good at. You're going to want to stop at five or 10, I promise, but you must keep going. Get creative. Think outside the box. Write a list of 50 things that you're good at. Once you've got your list, anytime comparisonitis pops up, revisit it. When anytime you're feeling less than great about yourself, boost your mood and remind yourself of how awesome you truly are, what your gifts, what your voice, what your energy brings to the people who love you in your life and beyond. And lastly, I find when comparisonitis pops up for me, it's time to consume more of myself. Like I said in the beginning, consume more of you and create your own view. When you find your mind wandering to someone else's story, use it as a reminder to continue writing your own. Sit in meditation, take a quiet walk through nature, and journal on what your soul is requesting you to turn your attention to for a while. Turn off those social media, mute it, delete the apps for a while, take a social detox, turn off the TV for a while, and focus inward. And variety is actually one of our core basic needs. I've noticed for myself that when comparison pops up, it's actually really as simple as my soul asking me to add a dash of variety into my week, day, or even month, switch things up a bit, go to new restaurants, call a different friend that I usually call, do work hours a little bit different, drive a different way to work, drive a different way to the grocery store. Do something different for my daily movement. It doesn't have to be these big, complex life changes. It can be simple changes that make a big impact on our feeling and being in life. So I invite you again to begin noticing what comparison looks like, feels like, and means for you. And then use it to your advantage as information to take action and make some adjustments in your life. I hope this has been helpful. I would absolutely love to hear what you think in the comments on any of the platforms where you listen. It's really helpful if you go leave a five-star review on your podcast platform or on YouTube or wherever you're listening. But most importantly, share it with a friend, share it on your social media, share it with somebody, someone that you think would benefit from it. 
we all have the opportunity to spread more joy and eliminating comparisonitis will all help us do that so much. So I invite you now to go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourself healthy. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.